Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. And, and um, just so y'all know, when I when I say um, when I titled this episode "Day Drinking," um, I may have taken the title a little too literally. So, ooh, this is gonna be a fun episode. Um, all right. Will 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 be joining us um, remotely, of course, uh, at the end of the show, and he will also be drinking. <laughs> that might be partly my fault. <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, mostly it's Trump's fault for being an idiot, but <laughs> um, I've been, I have been warned not to speak about this because. Um, I may have wrote an article about it and got myself into a little bit of trouble. <laughs> if you want to read it, um, go to Medium, type in, and Trump has descended into lunacy. Or, I'm sorry, it's Trump has crossed the line into lunacy. <laughs> See, I can't even tell you the, the right name of my own damn article. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to stick to my lane for right now. <laughs> If we're going to talk about Kristen Calvillari and Jay Cutler, after 10 years together, seven married, they announced they were splitting up. Now, this has been a long time coming. Uh, A lot of people had guessed and surmised that the relationship was not going to last for very long. And like we said last week with um, Julian Ho and her husband, quarantine is really make or break for a lot of couples. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. Um, but, you know, we're all on Facebook. We're all, we all have social media accounts. And we see, you know, two months ago, these couples were so in love. And, oh, I get to be quarantined with my bae. And suddenly... Quarantine with a bay turned into I went out of this hell. And uh, certainly, um, there are situations where, you know, things are just bad. However, and you knew there was going to be a however, <laughs> um, with Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari, it seems more... How do you say predestined? The biggest issue that they faced this year so far was that they went on vacation to the Bahamas. Not a big deal. Celebrities go on vacation all the time. And no one really bats an eye at that. But... Then the quarantine happened and they were stuck there. And there was a lot of bad press. And while Jay is retired from the NFL, he's still trying to land jobs and endorsement deals. And right now, in this era, people are already really pissed off at celebrities. Uh, You have the Ellens saying... When quarantine is like jail. Um, but they're sending in multi-million dollar houses 
Um, and you know that's that's not okay. So you know, uh, G and Kristen are stuck in the Bahamas and they're complaining about it. And a lot of people were like, "Read the room, dude." So it kind of makes you wonder um, what was going on. I've I've seen a couple of theories. One is, and I I'm forgive me, I did not because um, I don't really like these people, so I didn't really think to. Um, do all the research I should have. But one theory is that Jay slept with um, Kristen's former best friend. And that put a big strain on their marriage. And cheating in celebrity couples seems to be very rampant. And uh, the bestie, Dave, said, you know, 10 years seems to be about the mark when these long-term couples all break up. And, I mean, he's not wrong. But here's my takeaway. Um, And it's something that has been said, and we'll probably dive deeper, either in an article or a book or um, a longer segment. But I think when you're dating someone who's on the road a lot, like um, most celebrities are, either you agree to an open relationship ahead of time or you know that they're going to be sleeping with someone else. I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not defending them, but that just seems to be something that um, you know going in. And it's usually the guys who get the bad rap, Um, but trust me, um, you guys know I read the gossip blogs every single night, and I will tell you, there are a lot of females out there cheating too, so... I'm not going to give Kristen the pass on this because I don't believe she's innocent at all. Uh, The other thing that I've seen um, that's really gaining traction was this Bahamas vacation was supposed to save their marriage and instead um, they walked away from it with more of a yeah, we gotta gotta end this now. Um, And Straight guys are taking this the hardest for some reason. Like, all the, like the females that I'm seeing react to this are like, yeah, okay, we see it. But the guys are like, dude, why are you letting such a hot piece go? And it's like, hmm. You know, physical attraction is not everything in a relationship. I mean, it certainly is something, but it's not everything. I'm just saying. So straight, the two straight dudes who listen... Please don't be like that. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. Um, So, have you guys been following the soap opera that is the Lori Loughlin college bribery scandal? You know, first of all, I don't even think anyone remembers that Felicity Huffman was part of this. Um, You know, her part was over so fast. She's already served her jail time. She did that back in October, I believe, and she's just been lying low, um, waiting for an opportunity to stage her comeback. Um, I'm I'm almost positive that the first move she's going to make is doing 
um, a, uh, a tell-all interview. Uh, where she com- comes across as completely sorrowful and uh, whatever. But we'll talk about that later as soon as I get more information. I'm digging right now. But let's talk right now about Lori Lachlan and her soap opera. Um, so first of all, people keep debating whether or not Massimo and Lori Lachlan are having marital troubles. And, you know, more often than that, because I'm a true crime writer and uh, a gossip podcaster, people are all about it and they want to know. So here's what I know for sure. Um, at this stage, of course, the relationship is strained. The relationship between the entire family is strained. Um, I don't think that there's any denying that. Um, I think the girls are starting to finally understand why Massimo and Lori Lachlan did what they did. But Olivia Jade was hit the hardest. She lost a lot of her endorsements. Uh, and, you know, it's it's going to take her a long time to recover from this. They were kicked out of the school. Uh, and yes, they were actually kicked out. They did not voluntarily leave, um, which was fine with Olivia Jade. She didn't want to be in school anyways. She wanted to follow in her father's footsteps and launch her career without going to school. Uh, Lori and Massimo kind of forced college upon her. Um, but yes, there there is a strain in the marriage. I don't know that it's going to break the marriage apart. Um, both are very conservative, um, and both are very very religious. So um, there's that. Um, but as far as what's happening, let's get down to the details that you guys really want to know. Um, and I'm going to talk to Will because I think. Um, I might replace one of the two books that I was going to work on in the Drunk Gossip series um, with this story because, or not replace it, but in place of um, writing it um, in the near future. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. So, okay, so we know that um, they've been charged with the bribery. But the prosecutors also went ahead and added charges. And they started turning over evidence to Lori Lachlan's defense attorney. Now, here's where things get a little bit interesting. Because apparently, the first strategy was to figure out if they could throw one spouse under the bus. And um, let the other get off free. And it, it was rumored that um, they were going to let Massimo take the fall because he already has a ton of money um, from his clothing line. And they figured that Lori Lachlan had a contract um, with one called Sahart and was appearing on Fuller House. So her career would take a big hit if she was the one who went down. Uh, One that she may not recover from. But it turned out, prosecutors had them both on an email chain. They had both their voices recorded. They were both going down, no matter what. So then then they switched their strategy to, well, we didn't know. We didn't know. And 
because um, prosecutors were like, you knew damn well what you were doing was wrong. You knew that bribing the school w- was not the right thing to do. And they just continued. We didn't know it was illegal. We didn't know. And let me just say this. As someone who is pre-law, ignorance is not a defense. Just because you don't know something is a crime doesn't make it not a crime. And the, no one's going to go easy on you just because you didn't know. Well, then their defense once again changed to the pro- the prosecutors are just trying to make a name for themselves, and they started to um they started to allege that the prosecutors completely fabricated evidence against them. Now this was an interesting because. It was more based in fact, uh, or at least it appeared to be, because the star witness, um, Singer, had said that um, FBI agents allegedly asked him to change what he was saying, and allegedly, you know, what they were coursing him into this, but this was pre-confession. After he confessed and sat down, he really he gave another statement that said, "No, they didn't ask me to make make anything up. They asked me to change my wording to make it explicit that this was what what it was." He and he said in his statement, "I thought they already knew that this was a bribe, and I didn't want to do anything outside of the normal." Um, also, part of the new defense is that. The government entrapped Massimo and Lori Lachlan by saying that um, by having the call recorded and having Singer call them again. And the FBI is like, no, that's not quite what, what happened here. What happened was we were conducting an investigation for a crime that had already been committed and we were just following up and doing like we always do because this is what we do. Uh, How this plays out is anyone's guess at this point. Um, They did release some smoking gun evidence against Lori Lachlan and defenders, um, mostly conservative media, are saying, oh no, this isn't as bad as it looks for them. Um, But the evidence is very compelling and... I would believe that um, not only is it very compelling, but it's very damning. Uh, Lori Lachlan is probably going to be spending some time behind bars. Speaking of behind bars, I'm going to go get me a drink, and I'm going to check on Will to see how drunk he is. He has to be like two or three drinks in by now. I'll be right back. And I'm back. And I was right. He has to be like two to three drinks in. Um... And still more articulate than I could ever hope to be. Um, so, Will, if you're listening, you can thank me for the compliment. Um, all right. Uh, so let's let's chat about Saturday Night Live. Like most shows, it's been hit really hard uh, with the quarantine. Uh, most uh, up until this point, it had always been performed. Uh, 30 Rock. And 
there was never a contingency plan in place uh, for them to uh, and what they would do should the need arise for um a quarantine like this and i'm sorry um i'm just gonna say this up front there is not an excuse um for the soap operas not to have enough episodes produced to last through May. Days of Our Lives is is good through the fall. Um, the Young and the Restless and the Bold and the Beautiful are airing repeats. Um, General Hospital is good through Friday. Or, I'm sorry, they're good through the end of May. Um, but they're airing repeats on Fridays in an effort to make sure that they have more than enough episodes to continue on. This is a real problem. And I get it. Like, you know, if a storyline is not working or something, you want to be able to to fix it. But you also need to be smarter about things. Um, you know, possibly have... It, it would be really interesting if if one of the soaps actually went back to being live, um, at least for a time being, for the time being, um, either have the actors um, just read the script or um, perform certain scenes and cut them, cut the actors together. They did it with um, Julian Margulies and um, oh, I cannot remember her last name, but she's Archie um, on The Good Wife. the The two actresses didn't speak. Um, but their characters were supposed to be best of friends, so when when Archie ended up leaving, they had um, they had one final scene together in a bar. Um, they had each actors film separately and then um, spliced it together. Uh, and I think that that should be something that soaps consider trying. Um, it. If for nothing else, just to keep people watching, because ratings are just going through the roof right now, because people are quarantined and they need entertainment, they crave entertainment. So, um, I kind of went off on a whole tangent there that I didn't mean to. I wanted to talk about Saturday Night Live. So that's what we're going to do now. Um, so Saturday Night Live actually rebounded um, relatively fast. And they've been doing um, Saturday Night Live at home. And basically all of their people, all of their contract players, do skits, um, usually by themselves. But you know what? At least it's something. So this um, this last episode had uh, Brad Pitt playing Dr. Anthony Fauci which was something that Fauci had always really wanted. He really wanted Brad Pitt to play him. Um, so that was a delay, and it really made a big um, impact on social media with people just going crazy over it and people really responding to Brad Pitt being funny. <laughs> because, you know, we've not really seen him in a, in a lighter role like this. You know, it's always Brad Pitt very serious. So it was kind of fun to see him goofy and, and being silly. And I hope we see more of that uh, in the future. Um, another 
another segment, especially here in Michigan, that is getting a lot of playing going viral, is Cecily Strong playing Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Now, unlike Trump, Whitmer actually has a sense of humor about herself. And she realizes that she is in the national spotlight and being parodied on Saturday Saturday Night Live is actually a huge honor. And I know people are like, oh, you don't know. Yes, I do know what I'm talking about. Um, if you look at... If you look at the history, not every politician gets parodied. Not every politician on the national level national level gets parodied. Um, so if you get there, it's because you made it. Um, and of course, this is just one segment. We don't know if she's going to um, continue as Governor Whitmer. Uh, but one of the things that Governor Whitmer really took offense to was the fact that Cecily Strong's version of her drink a Labatt's Blue. And Governor Whitmer said that was the only issue she took with it, and it was because it wasn't, it's not a Michigan beer. We love our neighbors to the north, Canada, but we drink Michigan beer here. Well, some of us drink Michigan beer. I drink vodka and whiskey. I've been really into whiskey lately, guys. Um, uh, if you ever get a chance, Traverse City Whiskey, delish. Um, and um, just so y'all know I'm not getting paid for that shout out so you know it's actually true (laughs) Um, anyways so I'm really glad that to see some shows getting back to work and in the next segment we're going to talk a little bit more about the entertainment industry and the struggles that's happening right now But for right this second, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, let's talk about the entertainment industry. Um, I mean, I know we're always talking about it, but I want to kind of just shove off the gossip for a second and and talk about what's happening um, industry-wide. Um. As you know, movie theater chains are closed, so every single movie that was um, that had a planned release date um, in the near future has been shifted. And right now, even if the all the theaters came back, they would still <coughs> excuse me, they would have the same movies in their theaters. Um, as when they close, because the distributors are not sending out any more movies. So, um, we know Bond was moved. We talked about that early on. We know um, that the reason for that was because Sony, who is distributing... um, Or, I'm sorry, MGM, who is distributing the new Bond movie, knows that... It, it has to, for whatever reason, Bond movies don't work if they're not released the same date um, in, in England as it is here. So that movie was moved. Um, the Fast and the Furious was moved. All the uh, Marvel movies were 
uh, pushed back by at least six months, possibly longer. Um, Ar- Artemis Flower, or Fowler, rather, um, is is actually going to just skip over a theater to, um, a theater run, a theatrical run, and it's going straight to a Disney Plus. Now there had been some rumors that Mulan um, and other potential Marvel movie, or Mulan and another Disney movie, I shouldn't say. Um, I think it was Soul, um, which is a Pixar. Um, but anyway, so under the Disney umbrella. <laughs> Moving on, um, it has a lot of people, a lot of insiders had expected them to put it on Disney Plus in order to bolster subscriptions to that because right now that's the only service that is making money for them besides ABC and the and the networks. Um, but the TV networks are even experiencing a crunch right now because advertisers are cutting back. A lot of products are not um, either able to be sold or not selling because of the pandemic. Um, so what we're seeing right now is a huge uh, crunch in advertising spending. And a lot of people are asking, well, you know, there's a lot of people watching TV, so wouldn't that put a premium Yes and no. So basically what's happening here is more people are watching, which in the future will help uh, um, set the prices for ads. However, what's uh, you can't up your price if there's no one buying that airtime. So some of the big companies like... Um, Johnson's and um, GE and GM and all of them, they're still going to be buying airtime, but they're going to be buying it for less. They're going to be buying it for cheaper, even though there's a bigger audience. Because when life resumes normal, or whatever the new normal is, people are likely going to be holding on to their money a little bit tighter. Um, right now, people are predicting we're going to be hitting a, a another recession. Uh, but um, our unemployment numbers are encroaching on those um, of the Great Depression, and a lot of people are wondering if that's going to fuel something. Now, of course, it didn't need to be this way, but that's not my area, and I was forbidden to talk about politics. So, <laughs> um, we're going to go on. Uh, and it's not just TV or movies that have seen uh, changes in their release schedules. Um, two biggies, two big names in the music industry have also pushed back the release. Um, Lady Gaga pushed back the release of her new album, Chromatic. Uh, I'm sorry, Chromatica, um, even as Stupid Love, the first single from the CD, exploded onto the scene and probably would have guaranteed her another number one launch. It, it still likely will. I Make no mistake, this is Lady Gaga. She's a powerhouse. 
um, when it comes to um, selling albums. The only, I think the only other one who comes even close, remotely close to her, would be Taylor Swift. So, I mean, that's the level we're talking about here. I have no doubt that Gaga will open at number one. Um, If she can find the right second single to launch, to support the album, um, it could be even higher than what we're expecting. Um, the Dixie Chicks, whose long-awaited new album, Gaslighter, was also pushed back. Now, the Dixie Chicks are a little bit interesting, and I'm going to gather some data so we can actually do a longer segment on them, um, one that they own to themselves. But I will say this. They were country's number one act for a very long time. Um, their new song inspired me to write a short story for a collection that I'm working on with Will. And just overall, I think that these are some really, really um, talented women. I love the Dixie Chicks. Um, Taking the Long Way is probably one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, But... They also delayed the release of their album. And in terms of numbers, <clears throat> I don't think that they were ever expected to hit the the same number as Lady Gaga. However, I do think that they're going to, when they finally do release Gaslighter, I do think it's going to hit um, higher because in country music... Which, even if the genre still stems them, they're still part. Um, Singles can take a little bit longer to take off. And carrying the Dixie Chicks name um, might be controversial with some fans. But I think there's a new wave that encourages people to speak out. That will help them tremendously. Um, so, and the reason for all of the, for all the um, delays, even though it probably would have done these albums would have probably done very well, um, is the coronavirus. And there were, you know, the Dixie Chicks were going to support their new album with a tour. Uh, so was Gaga. But with social distancing and whatnot, you can't have the same type of um, event that you were going to. And Gaga was going to do Coachella. Um, She had a secret set and was all prepared to do this. Um, Again, I'm going to crunch some numbers. We'll do a longer Dixie Chicks um, segment later on. But for right now, I'm going to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, okay, so you guys know that Will and I are working on a a pop culture inspired short story collection. Um, Right now it's called Pop Culture Noir. And first of all, I just have to tell you guys, and I I say this all the time, um, but Will has been really great throughout this whole process. Um, 
he is very supportive, will work through ideas with me. So one of the ideas that um, is starting to take form is inspired by The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, you all know I don't generally watch reality shows, um, but since I'm quarantining with my best friend and his husband, um, my best friend loves The Real Housewives, watches every single franchise there is, including the spinoffs. <laughs> and so we were watching the premiere of Beverly Hills, and I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Sorry, this is a major spoiler alert. But if you guys, if you guys have seen it, I want you to tell me what you think about this, because um, we in, in one of the scenes, Lisa Rinna is with her friend Sutton at Sutton's house or at Dolce's house, and you know this is a Dolce is for those who don't know the two straight guys and a couple lesbians that listen. Dolce is a very famous designer, part of Dolce & Gabbana. And so Sutton is being, is this rich, very, very wealthy socialite who went through a divorce and got a lot of money from her now ex-husband. Who, she was also supposed to be um, a housewife, but um, she and her ex-husband couldn't come to uh, an agreement about the kids being filmed. And therefore, uh, she could not, they would not make her a full-time housewife for whatever reason. Um, I think it's because you need a storyline outside of the women, but she has a store that's opening, unless her contractors also wouldn't agree to be filmed. Which, you know, it, it's California, so that seems very illogical. But, uh, you know, you can't fire a contractor halfway through a project because they won't be filmed. And not every contractor wants to be on film, to be honest. But anyway, so, especially the, the, the higher up you go um, in terms of how much you're spending. Um, but in any case, so she's, so Sutton's just a friend, but Lisa Rinna is in Dolce's house and she sees this crown and she puts it on and there's a voiceover of Lisa Vanderpump, who left the show last year um, because she felt very disrespected by the ladies and with um, how um, they ganged up on her. But so the voiceover um, is Lisa saying, the crown is very heavy, so just leave it to where it's at. And Lisa looks in the mirror and says, this doesn't feel so heavy to me. Trying to imply that she's the new queen of Beverly Hills. Well, and here's where things get really interesting. She's not. I 100% believe that producers and Bravo wanted to mint Denise Richards, the new queen of Beverly Hills. So... In the last couple minutes of the episode, they do a flash forward, and they say, you know, Denise quit filming with the ladies. <coughs> Would not be an episode without me coughing. Um, 
And then he's quit filming with the ladies in uh, December of 2019. But she's still doing her <clears throat> um, her solo interviews or whatever they're called. And so the you know she's she's in the her cute little outfit. There's a green screen. She walks up, shoots a very devious smile, and the producer asks, "Are you ready to tell all?" And she says, "Yes." Now, of course, there are rumors that she and Brandy Glanville were having an affair, and that's why Bravo brought um, Brandy back. And this just helped explode the gossip around the show. Hoping to, they're hoping to stay in the zeitgeist like they were with the Lisa Vanderpump drama. And, you know, Lisa Renna says, I don't think she's going to show up to the reunion. Because here's the thing um, in Housewife Lore, if you don't show up to the reunion, you don't have a job. You're no longer a housewife. And it cuts right to the end saying, Oh, I'm definitely going to be at the reunion. So, you know, that's going to be a shit show. But here's my thing. I really think that Lisa is trying to get rid of all of the women who the network likes. She's trying to, she's scheming because she needs to stay on the show. And I'm, I'm, my prediction right now is, um, I am, Dave is the housewife expert, but... Um, he says that the the takedown culture of Beverly Hills is going to get old really fast. But I'm going to promise you right now that if Denise doesn't return, someone else will take Lisa Renette down. Um, my prediction is that Lisa will return, or I'm sorry, that Denise will return, um, and she will be spearheading the takedown Lisa Renna. Now, I just one caveat to all of this. It is said that the, all the ladies, except for one, like Denise, and Denise gets along with them. But she, no one is saying which which one, at least as far as I've heard. Um, but I just, I love all the backstabbing. The, and as a... <coughs> um, I read a really great review in Entertainment Weekly that said, like, each show has its own kind of culture like new york you know they're frisky they're fun they're very new york like yeah they they do come across as rude sometimes but that's the new yorker for you um you know it, it is the high life it is very glamorous there but they'll cut a bitch in a second it don't matter who the fuck you are um So, takedown culture in, in California, spe- specifically in Beverly Hills, actually makes a lot of sense. So, um, tell me what you guys think. Um, send me a message on Facebook author, um, or Twitter, author Ed A. Um, Facebook and Instagram, author Ed Anderson. I want to know what you guys think about the housewives. All right.
I'm gonna go, and I'm pretty sure Will is drunk at this point. <clears throat> so Polytalk should be fun for you guys. <laughs> and we will be back with a blind item. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be blind items or blind item reveals on Wednesday. Um, I'll find out. Anyways, thank you all for, so much for listening, as always. And I leave you in the very capable hands of Will. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Drunk Gossip Coronavirus Update. I mean, Politalk. It's Will here. Before we begin, I'd like to do a little bit of fact-checking on something our host, Ed, said earlier. He, I understand, has led you all to believe that I am, in fact, drunk while I'm recording. That is not true. That is fake news, as it were, although I will admit I do have a beer with me, and I am drinking it because I need a beer to pass in order to talk about one of the stories today. Specifically, I'm going to need a beer to get through this message. No, you should not drink bleach or inject it into your veins just because the president said it would make a good cure for the coronavirus. All done. Although honestly, you know, if you actually do inject, uh, if you inject disinfectant Lysol, Clorox into your veins because President Trump said it was a good idea, that's really just natural selection at this point, isn't it? <laughs> On to bigger and better things. Well, bigger things, not necessarily better things. The big story this week is once again the government's response to the coronavirus, specifically the latest round of sparring between Republicans and Democrats on aid for embattled and beleaguered states. Democrats and a number of governors and legislatures in hard-hit states such as New York, Illinois, among others, have requested additional aid to combat significant losses due to the coronavirus. Republicans in Congress have been highly resistant to this, to giving more aid, saying the general sentiment seems to have been, why should we bail out these states from their poor financial decisions? With Mitch McConnell going so far as to say that he would entertain state bankruptcy over before he, before he ever considered giving any additional aid to states and cities that had been hard hit by the pandemic. We will see if that holds up when... Kentucky starts getting harder hit or red states start getting harder hit, but for now, that's his position. Now, many critics have said that this is just him trying to, that the current major economic problems that states are facing is not due to bad financial decisions, but due to, well, a once in a generation major economic shock a massive pandemic that the government has utterly refused to perform its designated role in and has in fact outbid for emergency supply, outbid states for emergency supplies. So in essence, Mitch and Donald Trump, who also said, why should we bail out states who are poorly run and a drain on the economy? Hinting, of course, as usual, that this was blue states that were a drain on the economy. Now, 
as I hinted previously, many critics have said that this is just a way for Mitch McConnell and the Republican Senate to impose their political priorities on blue states against the wishes of their electorate. And he hasn't really offered any defense of his actions or any rebuttal of this criticism, nor does he particularly care to, I imagine. But that's neither here nor there, for the record. Regarding the, regarding the narrative that some of the states in the, that, are, that have been hardest hit by the coronavirus and have been requesting the most federal aid have been drains on the government and the economy of other states... Andrew Cuomo, at least, has released statistics showing that New York has paid far more into the federal, New York, at least, has paid far more into the federal system than it has received in aid. Other governors have not had a chance to respond to this recent claim as of this recording. That's the the fragmented state response and. Trump's latest unhinged tweets have made up the main make up the main story tonight. But we do have one final update on the situation in Washington, and that is that Trump has once again completely cut off press briefings and has rehired his old communications director, Hope Hicks, to try and improve his strategy going forward. That's very likely to it seems more he's gonna need that considering He's dropping precipitously in the polls against Joe Biden the more he goes on screen. The Democratic nominee, for the record, has been putting out occasional – has been occasionally talking to the media, giving interviews from the confines of his home, but but has been more or less content to stay out of the way and let his rivals poor – abysmally poor handling of the coronavirus dominate the – evening news. And that will be all for this week. As you might imagine, not a lot has happened. The, although there is, there is a little more evidence that the coronavirus may have come from a, may have broken, may have come from a infectious disease lab in Wuhan, China. The intelligence committee is looking into that, that has not gathered any hard evidence as yet. Obviously, the People who've been calling it the Chinese virus have been continuing to peddle, have taken this as evidence to peddle that theory. China has retaliated with their own conspiracy theory by blaming an American servicewoman who was in China around the same time as the coronavirus started spreading. The servicewoman in question will not be named by this podcast due to her own desire to avoid further media attention as she's become the target of rather vicious and coordinated online harassment. However, we can say for certain that she did not test positive with for the coronavirus, has not ever tested positive for the coronavirus, and does not appear to have ever contracted it. And that will be all for this evening, folks. I will talk to you again this time next week, assume I haven't go- assuming I haven't gone completely crazy and taken a swan dive off the roof of my house onto the lawn between now and then. Thank you very much for tuning in. Cheers.